Hi there. You are listening to Beyond Distribution with GTDC podcast. I'm Kavita May with the GTDC. Today's episode was recorded live at our GTDC Vendor Summit, which was held on June 14th in the beautiful Dutch city of Nordwijk. In addition to wonderful sunsets, views of the North Sea, and great meetings, we were fortunate enough to hear from our senior distribution executives. This panel was titled IT Distribution in the Next Three to Five Years Through the Looking Glass. It was moderated by GTDC CEO Frank Tagliano and featured panelists Alessandro Catani, CEO of Espernet, Anton Herbst, who is the Executive Advisor for Tarsus based in South Africa, and Patrick Zamit, President of Europe and APJ of TD Cinex. Enjoy the discussion. Well, we certainly heard a lot today, haven't we? Lots <laughs> <laughs> of changes. Yeah, a lot of changes. So, Alessandro, let me start with you. Um, you know, when, when we think about what's transpired, you know, over the last couple of years, um, you know, one of the things that strikes me is distributors have done a, I believe, a fabulous job of running your business. Um, and it has been extraordinarily important to the IT supply chain. The, the work that's been done. But as we can, as we've heard today, there's lots of things to think about, lots of challenges on the horizon. So as you start thinking about, you know, how you plan your business the next, you know, let's say three years, because when you try to go past that, it's, it's, it's hard to do. But when you start thinking about what types of things do you think about and what's on your mind relative to that? Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for inviting us. Yep. Uh, well, it all boils down to splitting the, our business into two broad categories. We think of technologies and vendors uh, that are already well known and those that are not yet well known. On those that are well known, uh, our focus uh, as distributors is to smooth uh, the transition process from manufacturing down to end users. And therefore, Credit and logistics are historically key uh, components. Uh, so we're really thinking of what's happening uh, in the, the kind of, uh, uh, let's say, shipping technology. Here we see two trends, uh, one on uh, shipping boxes, uh, the transition to more sustainable uh, um, uh, shipping. So how do we find ways of shipping products uh, with, uh, with hydrogen-fueled uh, uh, trucks or, or, or reduce, anyhow, the, the carbon footprint there? But the second point is there's an increasing amount uh, of, uh, uh, let's say, intangible products, uh, software, cloud. So here we are thinking about the logistics of uh, bits rather than the logistics of atoms. So how do we have to change our uh, warehouse, uh, traditional warehouse, into, a, 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 let's say, an IT system that turns into a warehouse? And that's on one side. The second side is, uh, and it was uh, rightly uh, outlined just before uh, our meeting here, um, we're adding into a world where uh, money is no longer uh, free. Yeah. Uh, there's again scarcity uh, on money, on credit lines, and the cost of that. So how do we find ways uh, to properly allocate uh, uh, money, credit lines, and cost of that on our customers on behalf of our vendors? And that's on, let's say, well-known technologies and vendors. And then there's uh, the the wave, enormous wave of new technologies and new vendors that are hitting the ground every day and are asking us uh, to create demand. 
and manage this complexity. And here, uh, we, well, we, we have sort of split the company in two. Last year, we made 4.7 billion total. Uh, more than 1 billion comes under the brand V Valley for us, where we manage uh, data center products, uh, uh, server storage, uh, networking, uh, cloud, cybersecurity, software. But interestingly, 10% uh, of our developers are uh, maintaining and developing uh, the uh, platform through which we sell uh, all these complex technologies, and namely cloud. And out of roughly more than uh, a thousand sales and marketing people, more than 650 are on that billion, mm. and uh, 400 are on the remaining 3.7 billion. So the big point for us is how we manage uh, these complex technologies, how we help uh, you vendors uh, and our uh, partners, uh, customer partners, to, to address uh, complexity, and especially the ecosystem, because uh, it's hard to sell a single product by itself. Uh, you always have to mix it with, with other technologies. So those are the areas where we are putting our investments, uh, where we are thinking what we can do in terms of innovation. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and when we look at the technology trends, which you know, there's been lots of discussions. Patrick, I'll go to you next. And certainly those trends are leading to you having to make you know, a lot of changes in terms of how you're thinking about investments, et cetera. But how do you see the channel evolving you know, over the next three years or so? And what's happening there? Because that's part of this whole ecosystem you know, that we talk about, right? So, I mean, when you look at all of those technology changes, it's a major challenge for the resellers because basically their cash cows are not staying cash cows. They, are, they see their margins reducing, and on the other hand, they have to embrace the new technologies so that they can continue to, to flourish, if I can speak like that. And so, I mean, um, the other thing is also one of the key success factors going forward for them is to deliver business outcomes. You mentioned it this morning. So what we see more and more is that the resellers or the, the partners have to specialize mm -hmm. and they have to specialize to differentiate, to improve their profitability, mm -hmm. but also to retain their customers. So what's interesting is that, um, and we just went through the exercise uh, at TDC Next, I mean, we see that the, um, the reseller base or the partner base is uh, resegmenting, okay, and specializing either by technology, um, specializing by vertical. Um, in more and more cases, the CIO is, not only the, is, is no more the only decision maker. They have to deal with a uh, line of businesses. Um, and so, I mean, clearly, that specialization means that distribution has to look at the partner base also differently. And so what you see is that the distribution had to rethink the value prop by partner segment, mm. okay? And mm. I mean, good examples in, in, in the prior panel, I mean, you have, at the mo you have today, distributors really specialize on security or cybersecurity, for, for example. It's a good, it's a good um, example of it. In our case, where, I mean, our ambition is to be end-to-end -end and to bring all the technologies to market, what we did is to reorganize the, the company along technologies, okay? Not losing the vendor focus, but reorganizing along technologies, thinking 
what is the value prop we need to deliver by technology, and then by customer segment, we revisited our customer segments, and again, I mean, the value prop for an ISV, for a traditional reseller, for an MSP is very different. And so we need to invest in services, in platforms, in new skills, you name it. And this is, I mean, happening across the whole distribution. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's, that's clearly happening, and, and some of it's caused by technology, but some of it's caused by also just the the changing landscape is the business models, Anton, are starting to change for the partner community, for sure, right? Um, and the way products are delivered. Um, and having spent some time in that space as a solution provider, um, I know how significant that could be, you know, just the change in <coughs> how you manage cash flow and how you manage the business. What, what are your thoughts on how distributors can help with that process? Because we spend a lot of time with the vendor community, but we also need to spend a lot of time with our customers to help them with that. Yeah, I, th I think, firstly, I think we've got to define who's customer. Um, <coughs> we make a clear distinction in our business between customer and partner. In our world, the customer is the end user, yep. and the partner is the reseller, and we're bringing the customer more and more into the frame. Now, I know everybody's going to say, are you selling directly? No, we're not selling directly. Yep. But we have to bring the customer in the f into the frame if we're going to understand demand better. Um, the other thing that we're seeing is that we the value chain is still in intact, but the perspective has changed. We used to start with build and deliver and then take it through the value chain, ultimately delivering value to the customer. Now it's flipping the other way because the customer's got most of the power and we need to understand what it is that he needs. And it changes the perspective of the customer, of, of the, the value chain, and it also changes the competency that we need to actually understand that part of the value chain. So the scale benefits that's coming, f that you used to get from economies of scale, is still there. We're mm. good at that. We, mm. We're good at value chain optimization. But when it starts inverting, we've got to think very differently about it. So that's the one aspect. And then we've got this whole notion of ecosystem thinking coming into the market. Yep. I know a lot of people talk about ecosystems. I see very few of them that's actually ecosystems. At best, they're marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Marketplaces might go to platform if they can get to scale. And then we might start seeing some platform-based ecosystems. We're a long way off. Yeah. So, so, but that's still the thinking. And as we move from distinct product to as a service business model, the financial models change because we're steeped in return on invested capital. Distribution understands return on invested capital exceptionally well. We don't understand the free cash flow model that's required for the SaaS business so well. And the free cash flow model that sits there, and now we're running two business models inside one business. One is based on the return on invested capital, the other one's on free cash flow, which is driven by the lifetime value of the customer over customer acquisition cost. Mm very distinct business models that we need to run and if you now take that one step down into the partner base yep. it's even more complex yep. so so i think that for me is the complexity that we're facing and so i think over the next and we're talking three to five years out yep. i think distribution is going to develop in three areas i think we're going to come demand engines and we can call it insight engine or demand engine mm -hmm. uh, we are going to become talent engines and I think the third one that we're going to probably become a sustainability engines of some sort because we're going to have to drive the change. Yeah. So those are the three things that I think we're going to work hard on in the next three years. You know, it's funny. You hit, you hit all the key areas that, you know, we, we should be talking about 
honestly. And, and so, you know, Patrick, I'll come back to you. And, you know, you mentioned marketplaces, you mentioned platforms. I certainly talked about them, you know, in, in, my, uh, in my discussion. And it's very clear that, that how critical that is, is, you know, as we go forward. But I would also tell you that, you know, I still think we're in a murky period right <laughs> now, right, in terms of how does it all play out and whose platform are we using? Vendors are putting marketplaces in place. Uh, distributors are. We've got the hyperscalers, you know, making their investments. We've got partnerships kind of coming. You know, last year at this event, um, we had, uh, in fact, you participated in a panel with um, um, uh, GCS, right? We talked about what they're doing. So how do you see this playing out? I mean, if you, if you looked out over the next couple of years, what's your view on how this is play, playing out, where the distributor fits in it, and, and how it all kind of evolves, if you will? So, so first thing, I mean, as the industry is getting more software-defined, yeah. okay, so the need for platform is going to continue to increase. And second, as the industry is moving to an OPEX model, so as a service, that means that the platforms not only are there to provision um, the software, or the, but also, I mean, to provide many more services like, um, uh, I mean, evaluating the consumption, the billing, and you name it. I mean, there are all of us have invested in, in platforms already 10 years ago, the whole, the whole trend started. And um, to be able to cope um, the new requirements coming from the partner community and the vendor community. The thing which is um, accelerating as we speak, and I guess it's a little bit the elephant in the room, is the fact that the hyperscalers are coming up with uh, their own marketplaces. And of course, they have the scale. I mean, I'm uh, going to quote Canalis. I mean, they, by 2025, they see the hyperscalers marketplaces delivering 45 billion of revenue. So you could say, mm, is there a new competitor in the, in the room? Um, so future will tell. Um, the thing is, so uh, as far as we are concerned, we are looking at it. We see it more as an opportunity. So um, how can we uh, complement uh, our marketplaces with the marketplaces of our vendors, in particular the hyperscalers? But when, when you think about the value we have to bring to the market, I mean, if, if I uh, attempt to make a comparison, I mean, when the industry was hardware focused, our logistic uh, was critical. Today, as we are getting more and more software driven, the marketplaces are, are becoming more, more, more and more critical. But that's only a portion of the value prop we, take, we bring to market. What is very critical is the other dimensions, and I think those ones are not going to disappear. It's about recruiting the partners, it's about enabling the partners, it's about providing additional services. All those new technologies, in fact, are a fantastic opportunity to diversify the, the, the services and solutions we can bring to market. And that, fundamentally, I don't think is going to disappear. Yeah, yeah. well, I, yeah, I agree. And, and I would add one that I think is really important um, and it's been built up over a lot of years, and that's trust. There's a level of trust that's been built up by the distributor community with their customers, with, with you know, and I'll you know, define customers, the solution providers. You've built that level of trust, and they've come to depend on that. Um, my view is that that same level of trust has not been established anywhere else. And, and 
that, I think, will be the big differentiator as we go forward, because all of the other components are important, but there's a level of trust that matters, you know, in, the, in, in our business. And, um, you know, you all have been doing what you've been doing for, you know, varies, but let's call it 40 years <laughs> in a lot of cases. And, um, and it, that's hard to replicate, uh, very hard. Um, so sustainability uh, area, uh, Osandro, uh, is one that we've certainly had a lot of discussion about it today. But frankly, you know, I give you a lot of credit because you were on the forefront of this. I know certainly with us and, and your, your advice to GTDC, you know, one year ago, you know, you sat in a room, and, and Patrick was in the room too, uh, and Anton, and you really encouraged us to get engaged, to get focused, um, and to develop a, at least some process for having, you know, transparency and collaboration. You know, we'd like to think maybe we could make a difference and help get standards developed, et cetera, and maybe that'll come. But as you see this playing out, um, for the industry and certainly for distribution, um, what are you what are you thinking about? What do you you know how do you how do you view this for the next couple of years? Well, I view it obviously accelerating for a number of reasons. Uh, there's uh, lots of regulatory pressure, but I I do believe in in money. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the business. <laughs> Which generation are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the generation that's going to pass yeah. it down. <laughs> exactly. I have two kids. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that that generation. <laughs> no. I, in, in this sense, uh, um, we're a public company, and I I got wind of this uh, revolution coming when I realized that uh, um, the proxy advisors uh, that are suggesting uh, uh, how to vote uh, in uh, in uh, AGMs. Uh, came to us uh, and said basically to our uh, compensation committee, uh, either you put uh, a strong portion of uh, your uh, board members' uh, compensation, and specifically my compensation, uh, linked to uh, sustainability topics, or we will uh, uh, vote against. And that's happening to all of your big customers and also most of your you vendors are uh, public companies uh, to your CEOs as well. So uh, if not for the regulatory, if not uh, for not the toasting, uh, as I've heard, uh, uh, just because of the pressure that will come from, uh, from the top, uh, uh, these things will happen. And uh, we see, therefore, uh, a lot of activity over there. Uh, we see two things, uh, an, uh, an opportunity product-wise, uh, there will be more and more products uh, that probably uh, will hit the, the ground, which will be sold not so much on their tech specifications, rather on their capacity to uh, help the world as a whole uh, to comply with, uh, with the sustainability targets. So there's an opportunity there. But there are also opportunities or constraints uh, from a procedural standpoint. We definitely need uh, to work better on, uh, um, let's say, the uh, circular economy. So the ITAD processes, uh, uh, generally speaking, the capability of uh, managing return of goods and uh, scraping of goods in a sustainable way. And, and, and I mentioned it before also, all the processes that we do uh, will have to go under further scrutiny 
um, I, I love being back uh, in meeting personally people, but uh, um, again, what's the impact of having uh, all of us uh, flown flying here? Uh, and so probably th there will be a further round of uh, reflections on how we manage our collective life and business uh, style linked to sustainability. And I see this uh, impacting uh, our way of doing business, but generating opportunities because uh, most of the solutions to these uh, new challenges will come from technology. And luckily for all of us, uh, we are the ones uh, that provide this technology. So um, I see opportunities uh, in front of us and big uh, ones. And I think that makes sense, yeah. I would like to. <coughs> It's, it's I would like to add something and to ask, in fact, so to the vendor community, because I fully agree. Um, I mean, there is a big opportunity in the circular economy and we want to participate with the vendor partners in that space. The big opportunity is if there is a secondary market for the devices. Yes. Okay. And so again, we, we need to speak about money. A secondary market for companies to develop a business model on it, the, uh, the devices need to have a value on the secondary market. And I know it's, it's, um, a, little, it's, not, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but in fact, the vendors play a key role, can play a key role in defining and maintaining a, s a value on the secondary market for their devices. I mean, there's one vendor in particular in the mobile phone industry who has done a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the duration of his devices, it's very long because of that. At the moment, um, so that's something, I mean, I'm bringing on the table every time we discuss about sustainability with the, the vendor partners, but it's, it's a big ask. And in fact, I know we need to convince the CFOs at, at the vendor partners to make it happen. But without that, I think, it's going to be difficult to support the circular economy. Mm. And it's not too complex to put in place, in fact. Yep. And that's linked as well, and you're perfectly right, to the fact that uh, we are collectively being pushed uh, to move from CapEx to OpEx uh, and to establish a good uh, uh, renting program. You need to give a value to the end of life. And that turns in a double opportunity, one of the circular economy and the second one of creating a, a stream of predictable uh, uh, revenues for you as well. Uh, once uh, something of your products has been sold uh, in a recurring uh, model, it's easier to sell again the same mm -hmm. product. So it also changes the affordability profile exactly. and it expands the market, especially yeah. exactly. to come to emerging markets. And they're Those profound prices. changes. They're, yeah. they're massive, massive changes. Um, so kind of wrapping up a little bit because we're, we're kind of getting close on time and we've got one-on-ones planned this afternoon, et cetera. Anton, let me just uh, talk to you a little bit about a uh, topic that is kind of out there, but, but there wasn't a lot of discussion today about cybersecurity. And I guess that's partly because it's just so, it's so important and it's just so critical that, you know, folks are just kind of, uh, taken for granted that that we need to keep thinking about it, but particularly with the transition to work from home and a lot of the things that are happening right now, um, I think the importance is is increasing, and and uh, obviously the role distribution plays in this space becomes really really important. What's your view on that, and uh, how do you how do you see that playing out over the next few years? Yeah. I think we've got to be careful that we don't just see cybersecurity in isolation. 
it's part of a bigger technology play. And I think the sooner we start bringing it into every technology discussion yep. from the get-go, yep. I think we've got a better chance of actually making sure we live in a more secure world. Distribution, I think Alessandro verbalized it very well and eloquently in the beginning, is to say there's two kinds. We see a massive amount of people coming out of cloud-native cybersecurity solutions. Then requirements from distribution is very different and we need different competencies to actually accelerate that process. And in some cases, some distributors might opt out of that process yep, yep. because they will leave it to the specialists or uh, depends on what your bent is because that takes money. Mm. And typically those vendors don't have the MDF funds and stuff like that to help you develop the, the business. So, so that's a different motion. And then I think at the other end of the scale is the large established players. And there seems to be a lot of constant not concentration, but consolidation happening and the big growing bigger. And I think they have well-established routes to market with distribution. And I think distributors has got a very well-defined process for actually taking those products to market. So I don't, that's the, for me, it's more a question of which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose both, then you need two sets of competencies because yeah. they're not the same. Yeah. Um, and I think the cloud native space, we see a lot of solutions being developed in one of the hyperscalers and that going to market. If you look at companies like Wiz and those kind of people out of Israel and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of that coming out. The question is, are we, do we have a role and what is our role? And for me, it feels mostly like a channel dev role and a market dev role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Comments, Jamie? Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, look, that, uh, that wraps it up. We, uh, I also want to spend a minute and thank um, not just my panel, but all of the, the members of the GTDC that, and I mentioned earlier, that consistently help, you know, Peter and Kabita and, and Anita and the team that we have uh, on, you know, how we develop <coughs> our priorities and what we do and, um, and, you know, the things that we're going to continue to do. So thank you for that. And I want to thank the audience for, one, your attendance. Uh, and to your participation, and um, we're going to continue to work on improving, you know, what we do. So we'll be appreciate your feedback, you know, at the end of the session as to some things that, you know, you think we could, you know, we could do better and suits your needs. But um, but we are really pleased to have you, and we think it's been a great, you know, day and a half. We still got an afternoon of one-on-ones and a sustainability meeting and some more work to do, but. Thank you very much. It's been a uh, it's it's been a pleasure to be here and be with you. Thank you. Thank you.